0: Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. I want to say something before I read the scripture. God is giving us permission to eat of the fruit that you have planted, okay? That you have planted, and I want to I share the same scripture, the foundational scripture today, is the same scripture that Amy Stockso gave prophetically over the church. There are about two or three prophetic people that came to the church and released a prophetic word for our church that I believe was so heavy that I began a series on it or I had to preach on it. Because if a prophet or prophetic voice says, this is what I hear from the Lord, I think it's my job as a shepherd to expound on that so that, listen, I heard Rick Pino say something years ago. He said, whatever you teach will grow. So I want to teach today on the principles of receiving your harvest. And when I say harvest, please don't only think finances. And I'm going to speak prophetically today about the, the, the scripture that she gave about year five. You can ear the fruit, Right. I'm going to give you this. Now, I want to encourage you that some of you, this is a prophetic preaching of principles of each year, okay? The principles of each year. But you don't literally have to be in year five to receive these principles. You could be in year two and receive these principles. You could be in year seven of your business or your family trying to sow seed into something in your life, right? For us, it happens to be literally five years, and it coincides with the Scripture. Are you ready? Leviticus chapter 19, we read it last week, and it was in passing, but now we're going to dive deep into this. Are you ready for this? NLT, I want you to read with expectancy. Uh, let me pause. How many of you, listen to me, zoom in on me here with your eyes, all right? How many of you, I saw someone go like this. <laughs> How many of you are working, have been working on something like a business or working on a on um on a ministry, you're just working on something, right? Something specifically, a business, uh, something about to launch, something, something, right? Okay, I want to share this with you. And some of you, you're sowing into your relationship. How many have been sowing into a relationship, right? Intentionally, intentionally. Come on, come on, come on. How many of you been sowing into your health intentionally? You're sowing into your health, all right? Okay, all those things are sowing processes. You're sowing into your life, and I want to encourage you, that sometimes while you sow, you're sowing and you're weeping at the same time. You're crying as you sow. Now I'm going to explain that to you. Watch this. Leviticus 19, 23 through 25. When you enter the land, glory to God. I'm going to preach myself happy today. And plant the fruit. Everybody say plant. plant. Leave the fruit unharvested for the first three years. And consider it forbidden. Come on, my brother Victor. I'm seeing you right there. Woo. Do not eat it. Uh-oh. Say, do not eat it. What? You enter the land. You plant. But it's forbidden that you eat it for the first three years. It's a principle. I'm not talking legalistically. Okay? It's a principle. It's a time. Everybody say time. In the fourth year, the entire crop, that means you can see it now. It's underground first and you can't see anything. The fourth year, you could actually see it, and you get excited. And the entire crop must be consecrated. Say consecrated. To the Lord as a celebration of praise. Verse 25. Finally, in the fifth year, RCC just entered the fifth year. And I believe prophetically, this is for our RCC community. It can be for the body of Christ at large, but if you call this place your home, I believe prophetically there's an extra umph on this because we're agreeing and aligning ourselves with the fifth year, and we're entering the fifth year. Watch this. In the fifth year, you may eat. Come on, say I may eat. That's a permission. You may eat of the fruit if you follow this pattern. Your harvest will increase. It doesn't say the harvest will increase. It says your personal harvest will increase. Not just the overall harvest of souls will increase, right, spiritually. It's your personal harvest of what you've been sowing into in a relationship, what you've been sowing into your health, what you've been sowing into your marriage, what you've been sowing in your business to try to get it off, what you've been sowing in the and planting. Why? Because... I believe we're about to enter a season where God is giving us permission to finally eat of the fruit. Watch this. What does that mean? That means you start believing it, and you start claiming it, and you start confessing it. I have a a, a greater faith right now to say I believe that we're going to eat of the fruit this year. This year is my year of my total healing. I'm confessing that the fifth year I'm eating of the fruit of healing. I'm eating of the fruit of prosperity in the spirit and in the soul. I was talking to my friend Matt, Matt Bond. He says something so powerful. We, we neglect the soul, but we need to prosper in our soul. Uh, beloved, I want you to prosper, the Bible says, and be in health even as your soul, soul prospers. How can your soul prosper? Your soul can't get money, but your soul can prosper through healing. Your soul can prosper, come on, by being joyful. Some of you have a lot of money, but your soul is jacked up. Jacked up is just a, you know, street slang for not too good. The number five is the number of grace. So I believe in the fifth year prophetically, there's going to be grace for you to eat of the fruit that you've labored for a long time. Oh, God, I'm going to preach myself happy here. Listen. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say this to you, but before we can see the fruit, we've got to learn the secret of one thing. This is the first phase. I'm going to give you three main phases to receive the harvest of you, what you've been waiting for. And number one, the first phase is this. Look at the first slide here. This is prophetically. It is not literally, but prophetically. Year one through three is the planting season. Everybody say planting season. All right. That is the hard work and labor. Everybody say hard work. See, we do not want to admit that if we want to reap something, that there's going to be hard work where you don't see anything for some time. Listen, the hard work and labor years, when you give a lot of your time and attention, watch this, and see very little. The, 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 there's some, there some people here that you're in the first three years prophetically. Again, when I say first three years, I'm not saying it literally. I'm saying this is a phase of the harvest. You are in a planting season. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can never see the results of the harvest. You can never see that. If, if, listen, you can never see that if you don't plant. All right? They're getting a little ahead of me with the slide there. but, but, But listen to this. Many statistics say this. Many statisticians, sorry, say this. If you could survive the first three years of a church, your church will probably sustain itself for the long haul. They actually said, you know, the, 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 I was telling my staff, uh, uh, the, the team in, in the beginning, how many have had babies before, right? What are the toughest seasons? What do they say? The terrible twos right so the twos and threes if you can survive the terrible twos and threes it kind of gets a little better it's never going to get perfect but it's going to get a little better watch this if you survive the first three years which is the planting season where you don't see anything when you don't see anything then god is going to give you what you are planting for so 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 watch this Most churches, most organizations that I know, when they shut down, they shut down for the first three years because they didn't understand that they're in a planting season. And it's hard to plant when you don't see anything. Listen, look, now now you can put that up there. The planting season could be frustrating because for a while the seed is buried underground where you can't see, oh my God, what's really happening to the seeds you've planted. I'm going to read that again. It could be frustrating in the planting season. Some of you, you're in a planting season now and you don't see anything and it's hard work. It's hard work and it's laborious. When we first started the church, we were setting up chairs and we were in the school and they give us two and a half hours. So you have to be real early. We have to put all that stuff up there, right, and put it up there before service, have a two and a half hour service, then take it all down, unplug everything and put it into a closet. We did that and thank God most churches do that. For three, four years, we had to do that for about ten months. But that was a, that was a planting season, because there's that w- when you start something, that's the planting season, right? And when the seed is planted, watch this. It's dark. Everybody say it's dark. When you plant a seed, it's dark. You can get that off, guys. Thank you. When you plant a seed, it's dark. Everybody say dark. And it's and you, there's no light and you can't see anything, and it's underground. But what you don't realize is those are the ingredients needed for the seed to grow in a dark place where no one sees it. Let me tell you, let me tell you, this is what the Lord is after. Because some of you think you've been buried, and it's dark, and you don't see any light, you don't see any life. Some of you feel like you've been buried. But what if, what if, what if what you think is buried is actually being planted? What if What if what you think is being buried is actually being planted so that it could grow in your business, in your relationship? Oh, God. In your your marriage, in your finances, where you plant, you don't see anything. And this is an incredible thing because it's dark all around. Some of it, it in the beginning, it's so tough. But that's where people quit is in the planting season. And it's important that when you plant, you plant on good ground. Whatever it is in your organization, in your business, in your ministry, in your, in your marriage, in your relationships, make sure that's good ground. Because, watch this, just because you plant doesn't mean you're going to get the fullness of that fruit if you plant on not good ground. On the ground that it's not good. Some of you are trying to revive something that's dead. And God said, it's time to move on find the right ground. You know that the Bible says that there's four types of grounds in Mark chapter 4? The Bible says, Jesus says there's four types of ground that, that, that the seed, the sower sowed seed. He said the, the first one is the wayside. Everybody say wayside. He said the second one is the stony ground. The third is the thorn ground, the ground that has thorns. And then there's a good ground. So that means 25% of the, all the grounds are good ground. Our job is to plant. And pray and find out what ground we're planting on. If we're sweating and we're toiling, maybe the Lord is closing that because it's your idea and it's not a God idea. Listen, just because it's a good thing may not be a God thing. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. (laughs) Oh, man. Right? Just because it's something, a door open. I'm going to share a little testimony uh, about what happened even to some of our, one of our members is here. I'm not going to mention their name. Just because there's good opportunities doesn't mean it's God. You have to find out where God is having you plant. So the wayside, the Bible says that when they sow the seed, immediately the enemy takes it away from them so they cannot hear. That means the people, they hear the seed of the world or they hear a business idea or they hear a ministry idea or they're trying to sow into a relationship and they get into an argument and and they completely give up on their dreams. They completely give up on the calling. They completely give up on this relationship because the first time they try to plant something, they saw nothing. Or you plant it on a wayside ground. The other ground that we plant on is the the stony ground. And the Bible says in the stony ground, there's no foundation. There's no roots. Can I say something? Some of you, I was driving and I heard this. Some of you get revelation but don't know what to do with that revelation. You get the revelation of something, but it's like how to do it. One of my families yesterday, they said, uh, they're they're helping me renovate our house. They said, said, George, I want to ask you a question. How do you hear the voice of God? And I started breaking down how we hear the voice of God several ways. Lack of peace, peace, no peace. Some people think hearing the voice of God is, come here to my mountain so I may bequeath thee a gift from my presence and enter into my holy mountain. You're like, yes, Lord. No, there's many ways. So when I said that, he said, you should teach on that. He goes, because he goes, I got the revelation, but then I walk away and I don't get any instruction. This is one of my family members. And I thought, that is just like the church. We sow on ground and we don't get anything because it's, we don't have foundation. We need to go deeper so the roots could go deeper. Listen, I'm going to get that in a second. I'm going I'm I'm to preach myself and you happy, okay? The thorny ground was this, and it's not only, listen, finances. Hear me. The thorny ground, it was sowed. and the Bible says, the cares of this world choked the seed and made it unprofitable. So some of you, you're actually sowing by faith. But the pleasures of this world are choking that thing. Or the temptations to go the worldly way, the worldly way maybe to make money. The Bible says, the Lord your God has given you power or ability to get wealth. We don't have to copy the world to have wisdom. And then the fourth one is good ground. Everybody say good ground. Say good ground. So without taking time to plant in your marriage, in your spirit, in your emotions, in your mind, in your family, we will not see the receiving. But here's the good news. Everybody say good news. Our job is to plant. And I know I've said this before. Our job is to plant. Let me say say this. Plant. Some of you are in a planting season now. And it's frustrating because you can't see anything. But here's the thing. It's part of the process. You cannot get anything in return if you skip the planting season. I believe the church wants to have the baby without the contractions and the labor pains. We want the baby, but we don't want the pain that comes with having a baby. Come on, all the women need to say amen, because men have no idea what we're talking about. right? We want a baby without contractions and without labor pains. The labor pains is the planting season. It's not even birthing. Everyone says, I'm birthing something. No, 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 no. it's still in the womb. It's not birth until it comes out of the womb. You're planting something and you don't see it. Here's the good news. I love this. Your job is to plant. God's job is to increase. What's getting you frustrated is that you're planting and trying to increase at the same time. It's like you going in the backyard and planting uh, 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 an apple seed or whatever and saying, Grow in the name of Jesus. Grow. Water grow. Leaves come out. Fruit come forth in Jesus' name and see nothing. Because it's not your job to increase it. Your job is to plant it in your marriage. Watch this, watch this. If you're having troubles in your marriage, your job is not to increase or change your marriage. Your job is to plant seeds in your marriage. Your job is to say, "I'm going to start going out on dates because I've skipped date nights because I've been so busy, and I'm going to be intentional and in having some date nights with my spouse." Come on, let that sword hit you. It hits me every now and then. I got to, I got to take that out. I'm, in, I'm investing in my own church by giving a, an offering. See, a lot of us, we, we. If I could just, I heard this term the other day, so don't get mad at me. We're, we're, we, we, the church is like freeloaders we come we receive 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 from the ministry from the church and we don't give anything back we just want to receive but we don't volunteer don't tell me to volunteer for the kids don't tell me to don't tell me to get on the door and smile and say welcome to people don't tell me to do that i just want to receive and i understand that there's a season for that but you can't stay in that season i said you can't stay in that season so watch this. Here's the good news. 1 Corinthians 3. Oh, d- d- trust me, gonna, you're going to be happy with me in, in a moment. How many are getting something this morning? Watch this. I love what 1 Corinthians says. He's talking about planting, and I've said it before. And we've limited, we've limited this scripture to tithe and offering. And I want to say this very boldly. Look at me. Look at me. Paul was not only talking about finances here. He was talking about his time, office, his finances, his, his Time of ministry travel, of giving to different churches. Look at what he says. Because he was planting churches. He was pouring into disciples like Timothy. And look what he says. It says, I planted Apollo's water. So here's, here's Paul. He's going to different churches and he's planting. Why, why is planting hard? Watch this, this is before I read the scripture. Why is planting hard? It's because you're trying to change a culture that's been there for a long time. Oh, come on. Come on. You're, you, why is planting in your marriage or in your health hard? Because you're changing entire habits that have been that way for a long time. I'm finding myself changing my diet. I told Tiffany the other day, I said, like, look, you proud of me. I'm having salad for dinner. But she was here, and I was like, Lord, I want some mashed potatoes and some, and some cornbread, you know, in my mind, you know, and, and, and some, some good, uh, you know, pasteles or something like that, right? And, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm eating this salad, and I hate it. It's difficult to plant. Why? Because you got to get the spiritual shovel and start digging. you got to get the emotional shovel and start breaking that ground that's been hard for a long time. I planted, Apollos watered. Come on, shout this with me. But God gave the increase. God can't give increase if we don't plant. That means investing time. Are you ready for this? Not uh, almost curse word. Hard work, sweat, and labor. In your marriage, listen. In your in your finances, right? Maybe working a little overtime because you're saving for a, a house. It's the planting season. It's the hard season. Don't give up in that season. You need to recognize that you, some of you, in order to walk in that fifth year dimension, you've got to endure the planting season. Everybody say planting season. Now watch this. Watch this. So that neither he who plants is anything. Listen to me. Listen to me. Nor he who waters is anything. Well, let's bust our bubble, God. No, other words, you ain't anything. You're planting, you're supposed to plant. You're watering, you're supposed to water. Watch this. But it's God who gives the increase. Now look at this last little verse. So you know that sweat and, and labor is associated with planting. Okay. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own. What, shout that, I know, you're like, ah, I don't want to say it. Say labor. Say labor. I know some of you personally and some of you are laboring and you're frustrated. You're frustrated because you're trying to get something out off the ground in your ministry or your business, and it's laborious, but it's supposed to be laborious. I'm gonna, I want to encourage you. You can't skip the labor process, the hard work. Do you know how many times everyone sees the end result, but no one sees the process we've got to go through to get to the end result? Everyone sees this, but they don't see the tears that I've had to cry when people have backstabbed me and talked bad about me, and I've had to bless them. And no one sees when, when, uh, when we had to raise $12,000 for a septic tank issue, I'm like, oh, God, what do you have? And then we had to raise another $20,000 to own the building. No one knows the, the struggles, the darts that you have to do during the planting season. You just see all this. But let me tell you, honey, planting was hard. You're planting a business, it's going to be hard. You're planting a ministry, it's going to be hard. You're working on a marriage, it ain't going to happen overnight. Keep watering. Woo! Keep planting, keep watering, keep speaking, keep doing it. And may, you're underground, but you're growing. You can't see anything. You're hidden. But God is raising you up. Now look at the second, the second phase. is this phase, fourth year, prophetically. Right? For us, it's fourth year. To you, it may be a second year. Okay. The fourth year, which is the second phase, is the waiting and consecration season. You can see it, but you can't touch it yet. Oh, isn't that uh, really enjoyable? You could see it. You're at the. You, you could almost touch it. Actually, you could touch it, but you can't eat it. All the years now, you're actually seeing fruit coming out, and the frustrating thing is that you can see the fruit and yet not be able to see it. This is the painful season of waiting. So now here's the planting season, and now it's the waiting season that actually develops your character and develops a lot of things that in your life that you don't know that's in your heart until waiting happens. As a matter of fact, during the waiting process, there's great temptation to compromise during the waiting process. Once you see now the fruit coming up, the Bible says, listen, here's a key. There's some keys in here. He said, you should not touch it, but it needs to be consecrated. Everybody say consecrated. Everybody say consecrated. consecrated. Say it one more time. Consecrated. consecrated. Look, at this next, look at this next slide. Consecration and holiness while we wait. While we wait will bring the reward. Now this is key. Consecration and holiness while we wait. I put it in parentheses without breaking into erratic emotions and behavior while you wait. That's what I put in my notes. Because while we wait, after we planted, after we invested, H- have every, have you guys ever seen? Uh, this is just coming to you. What's that movie? The fire uh, with Mary Fire Start. Fireproof. How many read that fire? How many seen that? Okay, this is the uh, 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 the actor. I forgot his name. Thank you, Kirk Franklin. This is not on my nose. This just came. Um, <laughs> not Kirk. Franklin. Not Kirk Franklin. Kirk Cameron. Okay, we need to edit that somehow. Okay. Kurt Cameron, watch this, uh, he was told, you need to sow into your marriage, right? You need to love, if you remember that. You need to love. And so he said, all the dinner table. Right? So he's like okay, I'm planting. Watch this. Now I'm waiting for her to say, woo, yay, you did it, you changed. And he did, I remember that scene, he put the candles on there, and he's like, okay, I'm trying, I'm investing, I'm putting the, the table, the candles on there, and he's ready, and they got into argument, she never showed up. And what happens during the waiting season when you've done the planting? Temptations arise greater when you've planted, watch this, and then you see a little bit of the fruit, but you can't touch it yet. I'm going to say something really powerful here. Very powerful. Because when you are in the waiting season, that's when the greatest temptation to compromise, when you're waiting. And you actually see the fruit. You want to take it, but it's not there yet. It's like this. When you you plant a banana, uh, a seed, right, on the ground... What happens after a couple of times, many months, right? That you're waiting. It finally gets out of the ground, you're excited, and it bears fruit. Watch this. What happens? What color is it? Green, dark green. It's not yellow, but if you rush and grab the fruit before, before it's it's ripe, you'll end up doing harm to yourself. And if you give that to something, you may do harm to others. Because if you eat fruit prematurely, listen is going to cause some pain in you and others. Just because you see a gift in someone doesn't mean you have to put them in leadership position right away. Just because you see talent and zeal in someone doesn't mean that you have to put them up somewhere of responsibility. Why? Because they need to mature and grow. You can see the fruit. You can see the harvest. You can see the zeal. You can see the leadership capability. But if we rush the process and get it while it's green... If you get the, that fruit while it's green and immature, watch this, immature leaders will produce immature followers. And then immature followers will grow up into immature leaders that will produce immature followers again. If you eat the fruit prematurely, you will reap prematurely. If we try to eat immature fruit, it will end up producing immature realities that will only exhaust us more in the long run. Woo. Everybody say, "Wait, I can see it, but I can't touch it yet. Listen, what happened to Moses? Here's, here's an example. When Moses was given instruction to go up to the mountain, come on, preach with me," and they waited. They're already panted, right? Now they're, now watch this, look how prophetic. they're already crossed, they' already exited Egypt. So they're free from Egypt. They, they can see the fruit, they can see freedom. Oh, I'm free. I'm free from the Egyptians of 40, listen, of, of, of years, 400 years of the bondage. They finally go to the, prom, not, not to the prom, promised land, to, to to the wilderness, and they're free from the Egyptians. Moses goes up, and he takes a long time to come back from the mountain. And they're like, you know, this Moses guy, he's probably dead. The glory of God probably zapped him. I don't know what's making, listen, and Aaron the high priest said, hey, you know what, I agree with you guys. And the people convinced him to make idols, listen, of gold and said, this is the God that led us out of Egypt. You just saw Moses a couple months ago raise his staff and divided the Red Sea. Now you're calling this calf with all of your heart and you're dancing, the Bible says, and and you're praising this golden calf that you made. What's the principle? When the waiting season can produce the biggest amount of idolatry in your life. The waiting season after you planted, well, watch this, will tempt you to have idolatry in the world, idolatry of yourself, idolatry of getting the faster way. How about this, ladies? You're gonna gonna agree with me in this. How about Abraham, right? Here's another temptation during the waiting. See, some of you, you're in the fourth year. I prophesy that to you. You could see the fruit finally in your marriage, but you're still frustrated. You could see the fruit is happening. Listen, don't try to take it prematurely. And I said this before, but your job is not to correct your spouse all the time. You're not, you're not the Holy Spirit police. Well, you need to do this, you need to do that. that. You know what you're doing when you do that? You're taking the role of the Holy Spirit and you're taking the fruit prematurely. It's not your job to change the pe- and, and point out how many problems your spouse has every single time they do it. Right? Got quiet up in this Methodist place, right? So watch this. Watch this. How about Abraham? Ladies, listen to this. Abraham was promised a a promised child named Isaac, right? And you know what happened? He was about 70, 75 years old. And, you know, I can imagine them having a talk with each other. Like, look, God promises a child. It ain't happening. We're old. Hey, listen. Hey, babe, we're old, right? 75 years old. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) What's going on here, right? And so Ladies, look, look, listen, 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 look at how unhealthy desperation during the waiting season makes you tempted and think that you're right. Sarah said, I have an idea. I have a woman servant named Hagar, and I want you to have sex with her, intimate relationship with her, so she can produce a child for you, and at least it comes from you, and so we'll have like this half-son together. Let's help God out because he is taking his time in the waiting season, you can't touch it. You can see it, but you can't touch it. You have a promise. You can see it, but you can't touch it. Hey, so let's go ahead and make an idol. Let's go. How many, how ridiculous does it sound? Ladies, 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 if you're married and you're in a relationship now, would you say, hey, listen, we don't have any babies. I give you permission, husband, to have sex with some other woman so that we can have babies together. How many of you are excited about that? Now, the man will be like, well, hey, you know, if you say so. But godly men won't do that. Think about what I'm just saying, guys. Listen, listen. Put that, put that slide about unhealthy, un- unhealthy desperation up. Woo, this is so good. I'm going to run around the church. Unhealthy desperation can cause us to abort. God's original plan for our lives because we want it now. And are not willing to sit woo, and wait until the right time. Unhealthy desperation can cause us to abort God's original plan for our lives. Because we want it now. Everybody say now. Because we want it now. Say now. Unhealthy desperation can cause us to abort God's original plan because we want it now and not willing to wait until the time is right. Let me tell you. You know what... what, what comes to mind when I think about that, I'm not going to mention their name. But I have someone that's, uh, that's close to me, and they're, they're, in, they're in leadership. And the process for this happened to them. This, that process happened to them. Listen to me. This is, this is awesome. So this person came, and I've known them. This is a couple years ago. And they sat on their gift. And I knew they had a high gift. And I knew that this person uh, uh, was destined to be a leader here. Right? But for a season, this person had nothing, and they saw everything happening that they wanted to be, and they couldn't touch it yet. They knew that they were supposed to be in a certain place, but they couldn't touch it, and it wasn't man that did it, and it wasn't the devil that did it. It was God that did it. God says, you're going to sit and wait. I know you want it now. And this person came to my office, and they said, I have an opening somewhere else, right? And when that opening came, I said to that person, you could go if you want. But you have to make sure you submitted to that vision, right? I'm saying this for a purpose. This is a glorious thing. There was that wrestling during that season. It was a wrestling. This person chose to wait. Everybody say, wait. And because this person chose to wait, they planted, they waited. Watch this. During the waiting season, open doors came, other open doors that could have aborted the assignment that this person had here. So they prayed, they stayed, and a door opened, and they became a core leader of our church. Someone said amen back there. Y- you know why? Because when you wait, it's hard, and I'm going to tell. I'm prophesying to you. Don't be surprised that while you're believing for something, that the, all these other doors will present itself sometimes as a distraction to abort. What God has wanted you to wait in. Everybody say wait. The fourth year reveals something powerful. Now watch this. You can't touch it, right? Now I'm going to make myself happy. I'm going to shout now, right? So then the question becomes, what do you do while you wait? Do you just wait and, and tap your foot and say, man, I'm waiting on the Lord. Right? You know, the Lord says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. There's a secret that we missed in Leviticus 19. In verse twenty-four, that we all miss—that's instruction. What what to do while we wait? You plant, and then you wait. You see the fruit, but you can't—you can't partake it. It's the waiting season, and it's the maturing season. We gotta wait till the fruit matures, or or, to—or watches, or until you mature. God is waiting until you stop running around cranky, and he's not going to trust you with great responsibility unless you yield to the correcting things that he wants in your life. Maybe he's waiting for you to mature, for you to get the fruit. Maybe he's waiting for you to mature to realize that maybe you're part of the problem. God forbid, right? Now watch this. I'm going I'm to shout here. What is the instruction while we wait? In the fourth year, the entire... crop crop must be consecrated. We talked about consecrating your life in holiness while you wait. It's very important. If, if, if you, There's temptations even to sin, which I didn't talk about. There's temptation even to sin when, in the fourth year. When you, when you watch it and you see the fruit and you can't eat it yet. There's a temptation to not live holy. It says consecrate. But watch this. To the Lord as a celebration of praise. The Lord associates praise with The Lord associates praise while you wait. The Lord associates praise, a celebration of praise, during the season where you see the fruit and you have to wait. Listen, there are sometimes that in the waiting season while you're waiting for something to happen, you need to learn how to throw up your hands and praise God when you see nothing and when you're by yourself and when you're in corporate. Listen, you need to make a decision. I come here sometimes by myself and I lift up my hands and I praise God and I jump. I can't jump that high, maybe a centimeter high, you know, and I jump and I praise God. Why? I don't praise God. God, I don't praise God because uh, uh, of some uh, sort of, of emotional thing. It's because I praise God because I know that that's my only ingredient. Watch this. One of the only ingredients to keep my heart from hardening or being depressed during the waiting season. Do you know that praise, it limits depression and limits a hardened heart while you wait? So you got to do something while you wait. You know, sometimes when you wait in the natural, you get bored. And boredom is a recipe for open doors to the enemy. You're bored and you're late at night and you got nothing to do and your mind filters to the past and you're going to watch some things that you shouldn't watch. Mm -hmm. You're going to engage in things that you shouldn't engage with. You're going to go to places that you shouldn't engage with. Right? But sometimes we need to know how to praise God while we wait. Say praise while we wait. Come on, praise praise while we suffer. Praise while we don't see anything. Praise when we see something and we can't touch it. <laughs> I felt like saying turn to someone and say you can't touch this. But I already said Kirk Franklin. I don't want to say MC Hammer, right? The fourth year, it must a celebration of praise. Come on, say praise, praise. While you're growing weary, praise while you wait. Oh, I love this. It's not easy to praise while you wait. But that is the final push. To get the baby out. Oh, my gosh. In the waiting season when you planted and now you see the fruit and it's not ripe right there. Listen, PUSH is that acronym that we heard before. That PUSH is praise until something happens. I don't know that's cliche-ish, but something that is truly what I had to do in my life to get results. What does a ba- what do, the doctor does not say PUSH until he sees the baby's head coming out the womb. When he sees the baby's head coming out the womb, he goes, PUSH. That's when the woman has to do a little extra, watch this, to get the baby out. And can I be honest with you? The the woman most likely is not joyfully, gleefully uh, happy at that time. She wants the baby out and it's probably the most painful. And she's pushing. When you don't see anything, praise God. Don't wait for a situation to change before you praise God. Praise God before it changes so that it can change. If I could be honest with you, and I know I don't judge the heart—I'm not judging the heart, right? But if I were to look at the expression of your face during church, either you don't know a revelation of who you're worshiping, or you don't know a revelation of praising on purpose, praising when you don't feel anything. There's sometimes you see me lift up my hands, and I'm go hallelujah. I don't feel a thing, but I'm like you are worthy of my praise. You're worthy of, my gl- of the glory. You're worthy. Watch this. The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 61, he has given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Do you see that? That heaviness is a temptation to come on you while you wait for something. I feel this in my spirit. Some of you have been waiting for a healing. and I even feel this now. Some of you are waiting for something to happen in a, in a relationship or in a, in a partnership with something. And you're waiting. God says that the waiting... Start praising God. I know that sounds really cliche-ish, and I know that sounds really simple. But if you learn how to praise God, I'm talking about praise God. I'm not talking about, Lord, I'm here, and here we are again. You know, Pastor George said to praise you, so I'm, I guess I'm going to praise you. You're good. You're holy. Thank you. And we can say thank you, Jesus, so I'm going to say thank you, Jesus. No, no, no. It's, it's getting by yourself. And say, Lord, I'm choosing to praise you now. I don't feel anything. I'm tired. I planted. I can see the fruit. And I'm frustrated because I can't eat it yet. That means it's almost there. Push. 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 Praise until something happens. Begin to praise God until something breaks off of your life. Praise God. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I'm almost done. Look, Look at this. The fifth year. Look at the, this this is this is where we're at. Some of you you're in the in the fourth year. You've planted in your ministry, you've planted in your business. You've planted in your marriage, you've planted in your relationships, even in your workplace. And you can see the fruit. You're about to get that promotion, right? But you don't get it. Someone else gets it. Right? or, or you, see, you see a ministry opportunity and you don't get it, and you've been waiting for that ministry opportunity, and someone that is lesser than you, that served less than you, whatever you think, is getting that position. That's the time where God tests your heart, right? But we're in the fifth year. Come on, say fifth year. Where God is giving us permission to eat of the fruit. I want the worship team to come up here. We're going we're gonna to close with this. The fifth year, the Bible says you may eat the fruit. Listen to this, listen to this. Which means, once you spend time planting, once you spend time waiting, wait, I'm going to make you happy now in a second, don't leave. Once you've spent time praising through the waiting, now you could partake of the fruit that you have planted. Watch this. Those seeds that you've sown in your marriage, the Lord says, now it's time to see the reaping of it. The seeds you, oh, I hear this, the seeds you've sown in prayer, you're reaping it. I see Isaiah there, and I'm not trying to call you out. But you're a product of seeds that have been planted for years, not only in your walk with God, but in your healing. Several prayers and seeds were coming up, and God says, This year's the time to reap. And you're here because the reaping season is here for some of you. I'm here to encourage you what you've sown in tears shall be reaped in joy. Look at what the Bible says. I'm gonna close with this. In Psalm 126, I say the best for last, verse 1 through 6, this is for some of you. This is for some of you. You, are been, you have been sowing and you've been weeping while you sow. You've been frustrated while you sow. You've, you've been hurt while you sow. You've been, you've been betrayed while you sow. You've been disappointed while you sow. You see nothing while you sow. But if you sowed in tears, I'm going to give you a prophetic word today for RCC. God is giving you permission to now eat of the fruit, and if you've been here and you call this your home, this is a prophetic word for you. That God is about to get you into a season where you could pluck that fruit out because it's been very frustrating. It's turned green, but now it's turning yellow. That banana, that fruit, it's turning ripe. And you know what God is doing now? He's saying confidently step in, stop begging anymore. Now it's yours. Guess what? The mayor came, the commissioner came, and I can say, well, who, who is me? Now we're saying, no, God is putting us in position to release governmental authority. Governmental authority over a popka. So we walk in that confidence and not, oh, shit, can I, can I get it? Should I get it? Will I get it? No, God says confidently you may eat of the fruit now. Look at this, look at this. The, watch this, no, no one be distracted, David said this, it was like a dream everybody say, how many of you have a, a, a dream or a calling, something you've been thinking about for a long time to come forth, watch this, look, look at David, he said it was like a dream come true, oh, when you Lord freed us from bondage, listen to this, this is powerful, listen listen. freed us from bondage and brought us back to Zion, look at this we laughed, everybody say laugh, right? We laughed and we laughed and we were overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy and singing your praise. All the nations saw it and joined in saying, the Lord has done great miracles for them. Watch this, watch this. Yet he did mighty miracles and we were overjoyed. Watch this, guys. Now, Lord, do it again. Now, Lord, do it again. Watch this. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us. Watch this until our dry hearts are drenched. Again. Are you ready? No, no, no. This is your promise. You need to receive it. You need to receive this. Until you're drenched again. Watch this. Those who sow in tears as seeds will reap a harvest of joyful shouts of glee. Look at this. Watch this. They may weep as they go out. Oh, oh. oh. They may weep as they go out. And they carry their seeds to sow. But they will return with joyful laughter and shouting with gladness. Watch this. As they bring back armloads of blessings and harvest overflowing. Come on. As they bring back armloads. Armloads of blessing. You went out crying. You're going to come back laughing. You went out weeping. And your tears were seeds of of sowing. But you're going to come back with an armload of blessing, overjoyed, listen, overjoyed, what you've sown in tears shall now be reaped in joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I want us to lift up your hands right now. Come on. I want us to lift up our voice. Stand up. I want you to stand up. Come on. Come on. Come on. I want us to praise God. I want us to praise God. I want us to praise God. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit RemnantChristianCenter.com.